hairs on my body started standing on end. Silent. Nothing there. I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be a vital importance of helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. Bill is grieving the recent loss of his wife, who died unexpectedly. Together, Bill and his wife shared an ongoing experience that was as fantastic as it was bizarre. Recently, some startling and unexpected similarities in the reports of three experiencers I've been working with immediately stood out to me. Nigel, from whom we heard last week, T, from whom we'll hear in the near future, and Bill, whose story we're about to hear. For this and many reasons, I urge you to pay close attention. See if you can spot the parallels. I will discuss them in a future episode. Bill's experience shows us how little we know and highlights the need to broaden our scope in order to understand. So, Bill, um, you emailed me. You told me that, uh, about all these things that are happening and then, of course, about the passing of your wife uh, a week ago from an aneurysm. And so what, what made you decide to share this information right now? Oh, I think the world needs to know. There's a lot of stuff that they're, uh, they're not getting. That, that, yeah, that they're not understanding, that isn't understood. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, you. You mentioned that your wife didn't want you to tell anybody. Why, why is that? Why didn't she want you to, to tell anybody about this? Oh, because people uh, think you're a freak. I, I told one of my friends up the hill, and he says, I told him about the, the band room and uh, all the little solar system people that showed up. And, and then he, he told me, and, and, and then he said, and then the crack wore off, huh? <laughs> so I, that's all I that's all I told him. Yeah, I don't blame you. People uh, can have that reaction sometimes, and they can be really kind of nasty about it. Yeah, we we've been writing all this stuff down and asking uh, people that come in the house, and because she'll see one thing and I'll see another. It's like we we were taking pictures of our fireplace, <laughs> and uh, her, she was holding the camera up over the fireplace, and there was a kid and a and a little girl and a a big rat guy, and uh, I, I asked her, what do you see? And she goes, a, a little a boy and a girl and a frog man with frog legs. Hmm. And it turns out she likes frogs and I like rats. So we asked them if they could tell us who they are. And uh, they just walked out. Wow. So there is a subjective element to your experience. You're both experiencing it, and you're experiencing similar things, but you're also experiencing different things at the same time in a subjective sense. Yeah. Interesting. And earlier I saw, I saw the rat guy in the uh, band room. It's a reflection I see off of the sliding glass door. They look, they look like they're sitting in on a, on a bench in back of you. The people that, are, that need to get charged up and leave... The people who need to get charged up and leave, what, what do you mean by that? Well, let's see, we were in there, and she, she took a picture of the sliding glass door, and there was three guys standing in front of the speakers getting charged up. We couldn't see them, and then as soon as, um, as, soon as the flash started, 
they took us like into their time and completely slowed down time and they were doing this zigzag thing back and forth and up and down and then they went through the glass and then and then, uh, then we came back and they appeared on the deck as three men with clothes and they were looking at their hands and their feet for like about a minute and then they looked straight up in the sky and took off like bullets wow how long ago did this happen last april okay so just just about a year ago yeah well, there's, there's there's daytime ghosts too here you don't have to wait till nighttime. <laughs> so you experience these things both uh, during the day and at night yeah when and how did these experiences begin do you remember the first time well see, she was in the band room standing on a chair hanging over the drum set taking pictures of me playing drums and then the front of my drum set lit up. And then she's all, hippie, are you doing this? <laughs> and I'm all, no. And then she, she stopped taking pictures and she started looking. See, uh, years ago she said she would, she would go out and hunt orbs or look for orbs and take pictures and stuff. I, I don't think she ever saw one. But the, the solar systems we see, it looks like a, a miniature solar system like the one we have here. It's kind of like an atom with a nucleus. And the little things that spin around it, and it turns out that's that's their chest. That's all the energy from their chest, because when the three guys turned into those little balls, um, disappeared and they turned into men. I see. Okay, I, I I'm kind of getting the the gist of what you're talking about. One of the experiences that you emailed me about earlier was the one that you mentioned a moment ago. You also mentioned something about. Uh, a creek lifting up into space and hundreds of ships oh, yeah. that disappeared in a triangle over your house. Tell me about well, see, that. The, ship were, the ships were about a few months ago, and it was 6.45 at night, and I went out to get some wood, and I looked up, and it, they were coming from the, the mountain range. Not, not from the mountain range, but you, you can see them coming off of the mountain range, going straight up over our house. Are we and talking about the Marble stars. Mountains? Yeah. Well, no, those are on the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the Marble Mountains. And then um, I counted, I don't know, I think about 150 of them, and they were all uniform. Um, none of them were out of line, and there was one after the next. And then I, I ran in and got Janelle, and we came out, and I think we caught, counted like 60 or 75 more. And they go into this triangle and just disappear straight above our house. Nope. Nobody in town. And there's, there's an airport like three miles from us, and nobody saw anything. Oh, and then the last two ships uh, spun around and like they like uh, touched noses for a second, and then they went in opposite directions. Mm -hmm. And they were still here somewhere. So, let me see. You you mentioned the first time that it it began when you were in your band room. So how how long ago was that? Last. April. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and then um, after, after the room got filled with them, um, two small ones came over and they were talking to me. They were girls and they said, do you want to join us? And before I could say yes, um, my nose was stuck on my drum, one of my drums, and I couldn't move or, or do anything. And I was like, I don't know. It seemed like I was the size of a bee. And my nose was touching the drum head, and I couldn't move, and they were laughing at me. <laughs> and then I 
then I then I got back into my body, I guess. These girls who were present, uh, they they're they're the ones who were laughing at you. Yeah, they asked me to, if I wanted to join them before I could say yes. I joined them, whatever they're doing. Right. They were, they were having fun. Oh, and there was a girl underneath my underneath my drum set. She took a picture of, and she had uh, her legs and butt were on the ground, and her torso and shoulders and neck went all the way around the drums and came out the front of the drums. Her head. She had this smile on her face. And and both you and your wife experienced this. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you you mentioned that you have a lot of pictures. Would you mind texting those to me? I've got a few. Uh, Sorry, we got our computers hacked and we got our identity stolen and they stole most of our pictures. So I'm going to get them back. Oh, and there was one on Kidder Creek Road. They they poke holes in this pipe and they, they let the water squirt up on the hill to water the trees, and it created this great big huge funky-looking icicle house. So we pulled over so she could take a picture, and then she took a picture, and then she leaned down in the car and took a picture of me, and when we got home, all you could see was the outside of my head, and you could see right through my head, through the window, and see the trees and everything. Oh, yeah, there's a picture, there's a picture of me with, it looks like a shaggy dog on one side of my head, and on the top of my other head, it looked like two, two big lions split in two like it was a, a double-headed lion or something. And these are coming out of my head. Wow. And there was another picture she took of me. I was sitting on the couch, and uh, we went to look at it, and I, I looked like I was 500 years old. I had this long white hair and this long white beard and these funky eyes. And my, I didn't, I was, you couldn't even see my clothes. I was, I don't know what I was wearing, but... Yeah, and then a couple weeks later, we looked at it, and it was gone. That happened like three times with the pictures. We got solid pictures, and they, they somehow, somehow they can go in the camera and do this. I mean, they have like 40,000 years, they're like 40,000 years above us. How do you estimate that? Is this something that they told you, or just kind of an estimate based on what you've observed of them? Chanel told me I went in and curled up on the floor in front of the wood stove and I stayed there for three days and I don't even remember this. I remember getting out of bed and I felt great and uh, that was before or, wait, was, or was it out? No, it was before it happened or after. after I don't know how they do that but um, I was taking up into a ship and a goddess was there. She put her hands over my eyes told me not to peek and she told me the whole story about the planet, about the planets and the people and what this planet was about and uh, what they do. And it's all stored in my head. She said if, um, if any other pers- person on this planet knew everything that I knew, they would die. Well, can we have some of that? Maybe not all of it. We don't want to kill anybody, but... When, when certain people say certain words, it, uh, it unlocks another, another little piece of it. I see. Well, that's but I, I guess I was up there for three days listening to this whole story. And they can, they can shift, they can totally shift time. And I believe when we die and become spirits, we can do the same thing. There's, there's a lot more things we can do than we can do on Earth. I agree with that completely. So you say you moved from out of the area. How long have you been in this area? Almost nine years. And these things, you say, began about a year ago. So nothing like that was happening before a year ago? Let's see. Oh, the, uh, the creek, 
saw the creek lift. Oh, six other people saw the creek lift up because I called um, some guy on the internet. Uh, supposed to be FBI or something. And he said six other people saw it. Really? Since then, I found two of the people, and they haven't seen anything since. There was a, there was a ship here as big as this whole valley. It floated over here going like a mile an hour, and it was heading toward Etna, and they were dropping little gray guys down in front of homes, and then they float back up. I, I seen one come out of Janelle's room into the kitchen, and it pressed a button on its stomach, and it, it floated up through the kitchen sink and window, and, and then it went straight up. I told I told it to stop, and then I threw a lighter at it, and it had some kind of clear plastic suit on. It must be like a hazmat suit or something. But these, these are guys that um, can survive a flight that lasts 2,000 years that, that uh, human people can't, won't, won't survive. And they can come here and do things and go back, and they're fine. Um, what, what, what God has said was there, there was a ship that was out gathering, I don't know, some kind of information. She had all these strange words I've never heard, but it seemed seconds after she said it, I knew what she was talking about. And um, they crashed, and the Arabs uh, wanted to help them. And uh, they said, like, 10 minutes later, they wanted to kill him. I'm sorry, they, you said they did, they, you said who wanted, wanted, who wanted the to Arab, help them? Arabs. They crashed in the desert in a ship. Oh, I see. The Arabs said, we, we will help you, and then blah, 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 and then they tried to kill him, and they had, they had to get stuff out of their ship because they, did, they didn't have weapons or anything like that. And they, they used stuff from their ship to keep him back. And then they got to know each other. And uh, see, these are the guys that would put like a, a laptop or some kind of computer on top of a great big rock and press a button and it would float up. See, we, we, wanted, we wanted them to start all the uh, uh, ley lines, get them all connected. The whole planet would work, but we've completely destroyed this planet. <laughs> the only ley lines that work are up here. Up here? Up here by Vasta area. See, we're in a triangle, in the center of a triangle, right over ley line. Right. And this is, seems to be ground zero. And there was a cabin that's my music room, and it was built in 1903, and they called it a gold miner's hut. They said it was a, a, a clock man, six clocks. And um, we've come out several times at night, and we've heard hundreds of clocks ticking out here. And then digging up her garden and digging up my, my garden and just digging up, we found clock parts everywhere. And uh, she found, uh, she got a whole box of rocks that have like four or five faces on them. And then rocks that look like people are trying to get out of the rock. Yeah, I've heard about the, the ley lines of, of this area. I know what you're, what you're alluding to. Uh, and for that matter, for the, uh, about the phenomena that occur in this area. I've, I've been wanting to research what happens in this area for a long time. I've been wanting to investigate anyway, and then I lost everything in the campfire in paradise. And after that happened, uh, I, I chose to come to this area because I want to explore the things that, that go on in this area. And part of that is, is the ley lines that you're talking about. I've, I've heard about that. And I, I wonder, I, I have some theories about how 
all this ties in with this particular area. There's, it's obviously very complex. There's a lot that goes into it. So what was I, your... I've seen the, I've, I've seen the solar system people before. Well, I, that's what I call them, but it's their, it's their chest. That's all you could see is their energy from the chest. And when they needed to get charged up, um, oh, we, we even had a misty guy come in because he was so weak, they, they, they like turn into mist. And uh, he came in and got charged up and and walked out of there in a, like a white robe, and he had a white beard and kind of looked like Moses or something. <laughs> That's what we called him. And uh, he was very happy to see his his body again. And then he took off. They all take off like bullets. Just straight up into the air. Yeah, they look up in the sky and they just take off like a bullet. We had a little Indian girl and Indian boy here uh, since we moved in. And since, I think about three months ago, somebody helped them and they knew what to do and they left. But I, I saw the girl playing with my chimes on my drums and and I walked in and I kind of stopped and she slowly turned and we made, the second we made eye contact, she went right through the chimes and right through the wall, just like a bullet. And the wind chimes are all bang and you know she went through the wall and I, I told them they could hang out in here if they don't unplug my speakers because they they saw me hooking my speakers up and they would unplug them and, oh and my wife came in here and the little Indian girl thought my wife was her mom because my, my wife was Indian and uh, she pulled on the back of her shirt really hard like pull pull like that and then um, when we saw him again when she was taking pictures the little kid guy was up sitting on my mixing board on the wall and he was playing with a toy and the little girl hangs out in back of the speakers. She doesn't, she's kind of afraid. And we heard, we heard him running up and down the hallway and then sometimes at night they'd run across the deck. And then I saw him way before that um, in a mirror I had in the band room. I was just thinking about something, looking at it, and I saw two kids running across. And I, I turned around and there was nothing there. I looked back in the mirror, and they're they're chasing each other, having a ball. And I, I think they were Kurak Indians. You're, you're experiencing several different kinds of entities. Am, am I correct about that? Oh yeah. Yeah, and I point that out because that is actually very commonly reported. We've we've never seen, yeah, you know, we've never seen any cigar-shaped things or anything. They're usually uh, ten or twelve feet round. And they have, they drop these little robot guys out that have like, um, I don't know how to explain it, like a, the top of a, a jar lid. Not the top, uh, when you unscrew the lid and, you know, the glass pieces there, that's what it looks like they were walking on. And, and they made these really tiny little footprints and they had these drag marks, like it was really hard for them to walk. And then there was holes in the ground. So they were extracting minerals. And then um, they would, scuff their way back and then they get sucked up in their little ship but i found them out back picking up my golf ball nobody's been out there for a hundred years and uh um, that's what it looked like to me you know, I, I i could see their landing gear and i i put rocks where they put the landing gear and i measured it and it was like uh, 10 or 12 feet round was the landing gear so i don't know how i don't know how big the ship was and the night before i saw some lights out there and i didn't even think of anything i guess i wasn't supposed to i wanted to walk out there and see what was going on but but i didn't care <laughs> when was your most recent experience yeah i i really can't think right now i've had i've had some really harsh days here where 
I couldn't even speak because of my wife. Right. I, I hear what you're saying. We have the feds here for some reason. I think maybe that was the bird or something or whatever it was. Uh, we go to the store and come back. Our, our front and back doors are open. They, they would watch us go in the store and they had their microphones, you know, their, their little CDs and stuff. And then, then they were watching us down at the end of the street here. So I, I just walked down and I go, what the hell do you guys want? I'll tell you anything. What? <laughs> they just drive off. When did you first notice the presence of the feds? Was it shortly after an experience that you had had? Yeah, it was um, uh, Clickety. We called him Clickety because he hangs out in the, the the backfield here. And in the summer, he does this Clickety sound. And I don't know if he's, he's here to guard us or, or what, but this one morning we, we got up and we found these really weird footprints in our garden. It was uh, like some weird monkey pod uh, short guy probably weighed like 50 or 60 pounds from the drag marks and he had, must have had a chain or something around his neck because this other guy pulled him down off off of Janelle's little she shed that she built and drug it out onto the lawn and you could see their footprints and the other guy's footprints had um, had four toes and he had these jagged marks on the inside of his feet so it, it were, the inside of his feet were hollow and it had these jagged jagged things so it could like grab trees or something and it, it pulled this little monkey guy out on the lawn and then where they were on the lawn there was a triangle um, like a burn mark but the, the grass was all white and then over by our bedroom window it was white there for quite a long time until I put I put some metal on the the side of our where we sleep the head, the head of our bed, I put some metal on the outside wall. That that seemed to stop the abductions. Oh. I, I woke up I woke up one night and my face was in the middle of the wall. I could smell the insulation and, and then, they, then they pulled me through. I was going to ask you about that. You you mentioned being stuck in the wall. Uh, no, I was, they, were, they were pulling me through the wall and I woke up and I could see the insulation and I could see the, the wood and and I could smell the wall, and uh, then they pulled me through, and uh, then I was back asleep. Wow. Yeah, that actually reminds me of something I've heard about before. Uh, that has also been reported before. That's that's not entirely uncommon, that sort of thing. Wow. So, okay, I you mentioned a monkey guy a minute ago. When did this monkey guy first appear? Oh, let's see. Um, I think September, last September. Okay. And he first appeared in the context of an encounter with, with these beings that, that have been interacting with you? No, this, is, this happened at night when we were sleeping. Oh, okay. I got up the next morning and, and uh, saw these footprints, and we took pictures of them, and I, I drew them on a piece of paper. Because when I hear monkey guy... When I hear monkey guy, I have to think Sasquatch or consider the possibility of a Sasquatch. Do you think this might have been a, a juvenile Sasquatch? No, no. It was it was obviously somebody's animal or something. And uh, he was pulling it off of her roof down on the ground. And you could see where the monkey guy landed. And then there was like a struggle. And there was drag marks. And the guy was just like... Uh, five or six feet away, so there had to be a chain 
or some kind of strap or something. And they, he pulled them out on the lawn and they disappeared. Just so I'm clear, you, you're mentioning a guy dragging him. Who Who is this guy? I don't know. Never saw him. But he, he had uh, looked like human feet, but there was four big toes. And the center was hollow, and it had jagged grab, grab things, like a crab or something, you know? The guy dragging him? Yeah. Okay. And then they, he dragged him on, on the lawn, and there was a triangle-shaped thing where the grass turns all white. And we had, we had those all over the lawn in front of the house for a while. Well, I would love to come out and investigate all this. They took us both to a ship, I think three times, and we were both awake in a ship, and we knew, we knew what was going on. And there was one ship uh, we wandered around in, and we found this room, and we found this thing, and, and um, I put it on my head, and, and she, like, laughed. And, and then I, <laughs> I go, you need to put this on your head. And she did. And since then, there's nothing we can do. We can do anything. Seems like we know everything about this planet, and it's just so small. Are you saying that you and your wife both put on this helmet, like you took turns putting this helmet on? Yeah. And, and after that, we, we could do anything. She could, she could sit down on the piano and play everything else John can play. I can play everything that the Beatles can play and Paul McCartney can play. <laughs> and you can... And I, I, before, the, before that, I only knew like three songs. Uh, she taught me um, uh, Paperback Writer and Benny and the Jets. Yeah, just about everything Elton John has played, she can just play. Wow, that's incredible. And I can play all stuff. Do you think uh, you have access to other types of information, like uh, encyclop- encyclopedic knowledge? Uh, no, I have knowledge from a goddess that filled my head up for three days, explaining all the planets here and what they were here for, and uh, clear up till now. They were, they were just surprised we were alive because this was a, a toxic waste dump kind of thing to them. And they, they didn't even go here. And all these, all these people have uh, antennas, not, not kind of antennas, they're kind of pointy looking, I don't know, bone things? I don't know. But they have antennas and they're uh, 40, either 40,000 years or 400,000 years more advanced than us when she explained numbers it was hard for me to understand but when certain people say a certain word it unlocks another chunk of that do you know what these words are um no after it happened though i i should have wrote them down there was a bunch of words she called our home was and then where we were up there was called something else and she told me not to peek. I, I peeked anyway, but there was nothing there but white light. I thought I was going to see a ship or something. Oh, and then um, Cartil uh, was an old soul from the crash in the desert um, many, many years ago. They were glad to see him back. Me and him were the first people to travel all the way there, and uh, they were glad to see him. Uh, he, he was sleeping in me. Um, I think since I was eight years old. So you have then, interacted uh, with him since the time of about eight years old, or or he had been present. Oh in yeah, dreams. In dreams, yeah. They would. Um, I would sit on the end of my bed when I was like six, and 
I, my eyes would be open. I could see the room, but I would still be in a dream state. And I was steering the bed with my mind through these caves, up and down and around and this and that. It was kind of like a weird game to me. I told my sister about it, and she goes, oh, I have those dreams all the time. And I thought she wasn't lying, but she was. <laughs> I found out. And, um, and then they put me in dreams where I'd have a big box of uh, circuit boards and solder and this and that. And uh, people needed a walkie-talkie, so I'd build them a walkie-talkie. Janelle, my wife, used to call me MacGyver because I could make anything out of anything. Wow. That's quite a talent. Well, you had mentioned this entity that had been present in your life since about the the age of uh, six, uh, and you had mentioned oh, yeah. you had mentioned his name, uh, but I didn't quite catch it because you're you're kind of cutting in and out a little bit. I know you live in a very rural area, so uh, oh, I'm on the cord with phone. I'll just I'll go into the music room. Oh, okay, yeah, that'll make it a little easier. So you mentioned this entity's name, and I was wondering if you could repeat that. Cartiel. Cartiel, okay. And when I first heard it, I thought, that, I thought they were calling me Cartel, and I didn't say anything. <laughs> and so, uh, have you has, have you physically seen this entity? What does it look like? Oh, he could look like anything. He was always in my dreams. He was always next to me, and um, he would show himself as you know people that I that I like or look up to or whatever. He was, um, uh, what was that guy's name? Kelso from Seventy Show? Yeah. He was Kelso, so we'd go into supermarkets and steal stuff and break windows and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, took, he took me to a bunch of my past lives where I could smell food cooking and I could watch an old black and white TV and I, I knew this kid, Tommy, and I knew all the neighbors. They knew who I was. And when we left the house, I grabbed my skateboard and I knew which step on the stairs to jump on because it, it, it was loose and it would give a little so you could jump on your skateboard. And this is all, all the stuff that I didn't know, but I knew when I was dreaming. Mm -hmm. There was a whole bunch of dreams like that. I think that's, that, those, those are the people maybe he slept in. I see. Because he, he's trying not to age. Oh, he's one of the guys that crashed here. One of the one of the survivors. There's a I think there was a ninety something or nine hundred. I, I forgot uh, survivors. Oh, I think it was ninety that got away. And um, those those are the old spirits, and they were sent out to do. Um, I don't know. Um, they were looking for things. Um, for other planets, they can they can make anything except animals and trees. How old are you, Bill? I'm fifty six years old. Okay, and you have been experiencing this particular entity since approximately the age of six, correct? Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to get uh, an idea of a timeline and kind of organize things in my in my mind this way. Also, I wanted to ask you on a somewhat related note, if I may, how old was your wife at the time of her passing? 50, 54 years old. Okay. All right, thank you. I ask because 
it actually is strikingly similar to something else I was told recently, and uh, I'm just trying to find out everything that those things may have in common. Oh, and I was I was taking I was taken to the the place from from playing drums in my band room. I get really charged up, and um, oh, there's a I have a skull out front. I found it at the dump, and uh, it, it makes these. It sounds like crows and people going, oh, you know, the Halloween thing. Right. And I put it out in front of the studio, and the batteries were dead. So every time I open the door to the studio, it charges it up. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay, but so we're, we're anyway, talking about like a, a Halloween decoration-type novelty skull. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was totally dead, and before I could get batteries, um, I had the door open, and I walked by, and it... It just came on. Wow. If I leave the door shut, it's dead. If I leave the door open for like five minutes, it's charged up again. And it doesn't have a solar panel or anything on it like that? No. Uh, Interesting. I was going to tell you, I was taken to this place that took like, I don't know, uh, 90th of a second or something. And uh, it was supposed to be like a 2,000-year travel. This is where Cartiel took me when he was still in me. And when I got there, well, I guess when I got there, somebody hit me in the back like three times really hard. And this guy said, Cartiel, you have been brought here. Then I forgot what happened because he was extracted from me and they were all glad to see Cartiel, but not me. And then they sent me back. Do you have a sense of the place where this occurred? Um, Yeah. Yeah, everything's solid there. There was a, a very tall, buffed Chinese man, and uh, three there was three monks guys with like bald heads, and they wouldn't show their faces. They were had their backs turned. And there's a guy, guy in a neatly folded diaper and no shirt, and he had white white hair, and these great big, huge, perfect eyes. And, and oh yeah, he I remember this. He he. Uh, he came up to me and he said, without moving his lips, just a minute. Then he went and talked to the three monks. Then he came back and he raised his eyebrow and he says, "You're on the right track." And right when I, right when he said track, I was already back home. Amazing. Oh, and they were in a floating wood chariot. It looked like a chariot, but it had no wheels. It was floating in the air. And the guy that hit me in the back told me not to touch it, but I did because it had really cool inlay in it because I used to make guitars. And I, I wanted to touch it, and as soon as I put my hand on it, it, it moved like it, it, it maybe weighed like a half ounce, this whole thing. So much of and this is, is it, it resonates with me uh, in terms of things that I have encountered uh, about... Oh, other... I remember a word. You just said something. Um, oh, God. Um, when they crashed on this plant, they had a thing called a sarcophagi. And if they got hurt or killed, they would put him in this sarcophagi and it would charge him up or, or it would send him home. And uh, there's nothing like that here. And um, there's, I guess they, there's, they can't get one here, even with the gray people. The, the little gray aliens are supposed to be 15 times smarter than any human. But it's, it's a weird like animal to them that could outlive them. In, for space flight. 
Are, you mean that we're like a weird animal to the greys? No, they're, the spirits of the people that crashed here um, have spanned out. They, they go around and take their time who they're going to sleep with, I mean sleep in, so they can uh, survive. And um, I don't know if there's any other survivors. There's this cartel, and he he took me to the place, and and then I, then I was I was back in my bed. Do you know exactly when they crashed here? I'm not sure. I'm not really good with numbers, and with, when they explain the numbers, I can kind of understand it, or I'll shake my head yes, just just to you know hear the rest of it, and I heard it for days and days and days. Right. And uh, this is when my wife said I curled up on the floor in front of the wood stove for three days, and I don't, don't remember. And uh, the, the goddess in the ship said they can either do this before or after I was actually on the floor, whatever that means. Well, we saw a ship going toward Petna in front of three homes. It was probably 800 feet long. And the whole bottom of it was missing. About 10 feet up, there was a, a 10-foot row of lights all the way across. And we saw that for two nights. And then the next day, we went by in the daytime, and we looked to see if there was, you know, there was stringing up fences or something. And there was nothing there, not even a tire mark. So they were, they were doing something there. Oh, and they can, uh, they can hover above your house in, in tomorrow or yesterday whatever that means, because there's really no time. But they can manipulate time. Well, so can we. When we die, and we, we turn into those little <laughs> solar system guys. I think that they turn into that when they're running out of energy and they need to get charged up. I've seen them before in Ashland. They would go around in back of this old TV set and get charged up and then They'd spin around real fast, and then they'd go get slower and slower, and they'd go back in front of the TV, and that's all they would do. According to my mixing board, and see, I have a mixing board that was designed in the 80s for fade-outs, so it's 100 below uh, decibels. It's 100 below to fade-out. And um, I built my own speakers and made my own crossovers to match everything. And my speakers are 106 dB instead of 96 which is normal and um, when I when I play the music there's absolutely no distortion whatsoever and I think that's what what they what they like there was a um, look like a mr. potato head guy on the speaker cover uh, the grill the grill cloth cloth cover of the speaker and he was like laying on his back and he had his mouth was where his stomach is or, or it was on his stomach and and his arms, little arms were back, and he had his mouth open like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, uh, there's all sorts of uh, beings like that that look like little furry, cuddly animals that are like, you know, 40,000 years more experienced than us. And, um, but the real, the real people, they seem to all have antennas. You know, they're like 40,000 years in the future, or I mean, they have 40,000 years on us. Like people from Mars and stuff. She explained all those people to me, and um, since then we've seen quite a few of them. And none of them are hostile. They're glad that we're here, and um, 
some of them even have a smile. Oh, there was a guy that looked like um, Moses. He had a white robe on and his white beard, and he had this pissed-off look on his face. And then we, we were staring at him. He was staring at us. And, and then I figured we were standing right in the very center of the um, where the speakers line up. I, I have both pointed at my drums so I can play drums. And so we moved, and then he came in and stood there for about a minute and then disappeared. Oh, and then we had, oh, there was a, hit, there was a hippie couple that came in here, and it looked like a little window, a little glass window floating in here, and they were behind the windows, like sitting on a couch talking and blah, 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 and this and that. And, and uh, then I could finally hear them, and I asked how long... How long have you guys been traveling? And they go, We've been walking about for two weeks. And when they came in, I could smell patchouli oil and rose oil. And uh, I, I went and got the calendar and I showed it to them, and they didn't even flinch. They were just smiling, happy that they were there. So you think that they were uh, humans who were had had crossed some sort of temporal boundary? Temporal boundary? Well, I mean, essentially that they had time traveled, that they were from a different time. No, they they were walking around for about two weeks. Okay, I was just See, I, if, if you don't if you don't know about time when you die, a lot of people when they die, they'll just go, well, God, I I don't know what's going on. Maybe I should go back to sleep, and then they'll wake up like four hundred years later. I'm sure they they were really high when when they uh, when they died, and um, that's all they knew. They were walking around for two weeks, and they always end up here because. Um, the, the energy that this room, everything in this room is charged up. So sometimes I can leave the stereo off and leave the door open, and uh, they can just do their thing. Do you think this room is connected to why these things are happening there? Yeah, I do. We, there's a portal about 30 feet from here in front of my one of my workshops that I built. She was My wife was sitting on the deck, and we were talking, and we heard this thing go like this. And it was a little, like, three-foot-tall man with yellow pencil number two legs. That's what it looked like. And they were, like, three feet long. And he came out of this flash of light, like, in a hole, like a circle. And then then uh, I just put dirt down and grass seed in front of the, the porch. And his little pencil legs stuck in the dirt, like, three times. Then he flew above the... Oh, he had little wings. He flew above the studio and disappeared. Yeah, we both saw this. That is quite something. All of this is quite something. You mentioned an experience wherein there were six other people who witnessed the same thing as you. Uh, are these people that you're still in contact with? Um, no, I, I, I quit calling them because they they didn't see anything else after that. Right. I was just wondering if you could put me in touch with them, even if you don't, you know, talk to them on a regular basis, if you just know how I could get a hold of them just so I can, you know, get their perspective and flesh this all out. Let's see. I'll drive over and, and see if they're there. That'd be awesome. They're still living there. There's only 200 people in town here. Well, not in town, but the area for Greenview. Right. Yeah, I actually visited there uh, a few months ago looking at a property um, cause you know, like I said, I lost everything in the campfire and I, you know, I've spent a lot of time lately looking for a home. Um, so yeah, that, that's my <laughs> experience with Greenview. So I really want to come out there 
and explore this area with you, uh, see, you know, what what's going on there at Ground Zero, like you called it. Yeah. Do you have a good camera with a flash? I absolutely do, yes. Yeah, bring your camera, and we'll come out to the music room and um, turn the stereo on and start taking pictures. I am absolutely going to do that. Let's see, what do I got? I have me standing in the music room with a... I, I, I told everybody to come out for a picture, and I held my hand out, and I, I go, sit in my hand. And there was a white, like a white ball above my hand. I want to see this. And then back, there was a little, little solar system, people in back of me floating around. Wow, that's amazing. You certainly have a lot of stuff going on. Oh, we had, we had, we had a lady come in here. She was a, I forgot what they call them, the, the ghost hunter people. They have some fancy name, entomologist or something, I don't know. But um, she stuck her head in here and decided she wanted to go home. And I, I go, what is your problem? I thought you wanted to see this stuff. She goes, well, I've got to go home. Bye. That is curious. I wonder why. I don't know. I think she believes everything is evil, and every spirit is evil, and they're going to get you. They're ghosts. Boo! You know? Well, she (laughs) certainly seems to have sensed something that she didn't want any part of. Yeah, we were never afraid of anything, except that the first night it happened, this room got so full of people, we had to walk out backwards taking pictures. And then after that, I'd leave the stereo on all night and uh, put the carousel on and just let it play over and over. And this would increase the activity or perpetuate the activity? No, it would charge them up to where they could get the hell off this planet. They've been here too long. And all these people all have, um, they're like waiting in line, and they're not pissed off or anything. They're, I guess that's how it goes here. When or on their planet or here, when you die and you have one of the original spirits in you, um, you have to wait your turn. There was, there was like, the whole yard was full of them. There's a picture of me in the daytime, and they were going in and out of the ground. There was like probably maybe a, a hundred or something. They were going up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down all over the place. And I was just standing in the middle of them smiling. Did you say this but was the, during the I, daytime? Yeah. And then since then, I've uh, at night I just leave the stereo on. And this charges them that, with it, the energy that is necessary to, to get off planet? Yeah, to get off the planet. It's like there's nothing on the planet that can that can do that. See, I have um, it's probably the only mixing board left like this. It came out in the '80s. It was a uh, analog to digital digital board, and it's a uh, hundred below zero. And when I play mu- music, it's it's probably uh, thirty or no sixty below zero. That's really loud. I've never brought it up to zero. It'd be too loud. But they seem to like it, uh, where you can just see the first two lights bouncing. It's like about 80 below zero. Negative 80 decibels. Yeah, and there's no distortion at all. They they love it. Oh, mist, misty guy that came in here, he was just a bunch of mist. We took pictures of him, and then uh, he was here for a couple minutes and then turned right back into a human, and he had clothes on. We had a guy come in here with, he turned into a guy with clothes and glasses. And I asked him, I go, so there's, there's ghost glasses or what? <laughs> yeah, what did he need glasses but, for? But only a few of them would talk. I was in here listening to Carol King, and uh, there was a girl in here harmonizing with her. She did like uh, seven or eight words. And then I, I turned it down. I go, is there some kind of rule where you can't talk to me? 
and they wouldn't talk. And then there was a sound like a cowboy kid and his mom walking toward the band room. And he's going, "Look, Ma, it's the go." What do you say? "Look, Ma, it's the pearly gates." And it sounded like he was like a cowboy or something. And then I've heard people come in here, Bill, Bill, is that Bill? No way, that's Bill. <laughs> oh, weird. One of, one of my one of my old musician friends or something. Did it sound like the voice of somebody you knew? Yeah, it did. But okay. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard from him in like 30 years. Wow. I wonder maybe he's passed on. I mean, I, I know he's not very old, but, I mean, you know, something could happen and maybe he passed away in the meantime and maybe that's why you're hearing from him now. Or maybe, you know, he's not passed away and... This this is occurring because you're connected somehow. I mean, who knows exactly what's going on? And man, the things the things you're describing to me are so complex. I mean, there's no one way of saying, okay, this is exactly what's going on. And I think that's what we're the realization that we're coming to in these kind of phenomena that it's not as cut and dry as the way that we would like to label these things. I mean, we want to label something an extraterrestrial encounter or a, a ghost encounter, but I I, I mean. I think these labels themselves are really elementary, and I don't think it's it's as black and white as these things. I mean, it's it's something very complex that is happening that we don't understand. I think that's all we can call it right now. Yeah, yeah we've been we've been trying to understand everything so we could pre- prepare ourselves. You know, when we die, uh, well, me, I can just walk out of my body when I want. <laughs> yeah, and, and my body my body won't die. I always thought if I left my body, um, my body would die because it would stop breathing or something. But I had a this thing where this is unbelievable. Okay, I was laying in bed looking at the uh, the window, and all of a sudden I lifted up off the bed, and the window turned into this other window, and it was open, and there was bricks, and it's not like honeysuckle, and it was sunny out. And I floated into the room, and it was a 13-year-old Paul McCartney. And I wanted wanted to explain the words to a song that he'd written. And uh, what was it? Um, was it Blackbird or yeah, it was Yesterday? He has he wrote it as Scrambled Eggs. That's what I said. Your song Scrambled Eggs. I go. You're going to write it as this. Here, give me a pen. And I didn't have any hands. And he didn't have any hands either. And I I, I told him the words to it. And then I floated back out of his window onto my bed. And uh, I went on YouTube where he's talking about his songs and stuff. And he says, that's, he interrupted the guy. And he pointed his finger up and he goes, that song came to me in a dream. <laughs> no shit. Wow. So, yeah, you, you can actually man- manipulate time. Yeah, so you astral projected, you went back and spoke to Paul McCartney as a 13-year-old boy, roughly. He wrote the yeah. song with the lyrics that you gave him. Uh, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't there either, but I could hear him. So we were both like, had no arms or legs. I couldn't write it down or anything, so I, I, I explained the words to him. And when you said this thing about scrambled eggs, I didn't quite understand what that meant. Oh, that's his song yesterday. It was called Scrambled Eggs. And something about girls' legs that he wrote first, and I told him it's called Yesterday. Oh, okay. I, I gave him All right. So you so you altered the the song into what it actually became. 
I guess. That's quite something. I, that's all I know. <laughs> but now a, I can play anything anything he's ever played on piano, I can play. Oh, except um, certain parts of Live and Let Die that the piano just disappears. There seems to be something about sound and music uh, mm-hmm. that, that is very much a part oh, was, of, of was, this experience. I was, I, was really, I was a really crappy drummer. Well, I could play double bass and stuff, but I was really harsh on the drum rolls and, and uh, you know, the paradiddles and all that crap. And after we put on that head thing, um, I'm, I put Rush in, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, stomping all over Neil Peart. Wow. So you're really good now. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the drummer I've always wanted to be. So you have mentioned using music, turning up the music to help these entities to energize to get off planet. Do you think it's the sound itself, the energy and the vibration itself, or the music itself, or a combination of all of that that does it? No, we, we, we think it's hypersonic, um, some kind of hypersonic energy that, that no one else has because no one else uses a mixing board like this anymore. So it all comes down to your audio equipment. Yeah. yeah, I could leave it on. I could leave it on to where you can talk over it, and they're they're fine. They they get charged up in like a minute or two, and they're done. And then they they're gone. And then other people come in here, so I just leave the door open, or they can they can just walk right through it. But there's some people that that don't know what's going on, and uh, so I, that's why I leave the door open. It seems like we've gotten rid of quite a few people. Not just from this planet, from the other planets here, too. The lady said the people from Mars were like 40,000 years or 400,000 years more advanced than Earth. So when you say you've gotten rid of a lot of people, do you mean that you have used sound to help these entities energize and to reach a higher plane? Or, or to reach whatever existence they're intended to have. Uh, they, they're going back to where they belong. See, we don't, we don't even belong here. But well, the people with the, the spirits. There's certain people on this planet that do not have spirits, and I can't tell you that. I can't tell you who they are. Why not? Because I'll start forgetting stuff. Okay. So I, I tried to explain a few things, and all of a sudden I, I'm forgetting stuff. So I quit, I quit doing that. Yeah, I don't blame you. Or it's actually taken from my brain. But I have all the information stored in my head that would normally kill a human. And uh, little by little, it'll all come out. And there's a very specific, or there are very specific ways, it sounds like, of accessing this information. Well, I'm glad you say little by little, it'll all come out, because I really want to be a part of that. Um, and I'm I'm determined to get to the bottom of, of all of it. Well, the, the goddess in the ship, the... I was there for like three days or more, or who knows. She said, oh, now I'm forgetting. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's okay. Just, I'll tell you what, just <laughs> hold on to it. Don't don't try to say anything about it, because I don't want you to lose anything. I think that's a natural stopping okay. point. I'm so glad you got a hold of me, Bill, and I'm really glad to have talked to you today. We're going to be talking again very soon. Oh, I have, a, I, have a, I have a book that I've been writing all this stuff in, and my mom has it right now. She's been reading it. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I think you really need to write a book. That's, I mean, you need to get it out there in as many ways as you possibly can. Well, 90% of the people wouldn't 
even believe it. So Sure, but maybe we're, like I said earlier, you know, I do this because I think bringing these things to people's attention is a way of expanding consciousness. So maybe once consciousness is expanded enough, it then allows people to incorporate this kind of thing into their thinking and it allows them to receive this type of information. Bill, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Alrighty. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. In working with Bill, I have become certain of a few things. First of all, Bill is telling the truth. Secondly, whatever the nature of these occurrences, and despite some undoubtedly subjective aspects, they are based in some form of objective reality. And finally, a unique harmony and energy that existed between Bill and his wife seems to have been a prominent factor in their shared experience. Are you beginning to see some commonalities? Keep paying attention. Look for Type 471 Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. You can find this show at type471.podbean.com and across a quickly expanding list of platforms. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471.